0: Hi, this is Brandon from Two Dads with Hats. This week, Jason and I talk with our good friend, Liz Bunger, about expanding your horizons, starting with, just say yes. Liz and her team are an award-winning technical support team, and their journey started with saying yes to a professional development opportunity, which led to her sharing her passion and expertise in the industry jason and i are lucky to have liz join our conversation today so sit back grab a glass of kombucha and enjoy this episode of two dads with hats
1: Welcome to Two Dads with Hats with your hosts Jason and Brandon. Hey Brandon, how you doing today, man?
0: Hey Jason, you caught me mid bowl of ramen noodles. You see my giant bowl here, but it's not it's not really full, you can't see but it's it's a misnomer.
1: Wait a minute. So we were talking the other day about the night market
0: ramen adventure. Is that where you got that? I do. So at some of the um, at the ramen shacks, no matter if you get ramen tacos, ramen sushi, no matter what, they give you this bag stuffed full of authentic ramen. Now, it's still like the 19-cent ramen from the store, but it's got like five different flavor packets inside and oils and things like that. So and it's uh,
1: California ramen. They do it differently out there.
0: Oh, yes. It's left-coast ramen.
1: Left-coast. Well, remember when I was out on the left-coast on my California adventure um, a month ago or so, I picked up um, a souvenir from the Sacramento Rivercats uh, gift shop when I was at the baseball game. And tonight, just before the call, actually, my kids and I, we put together this, like, Lego project. And it's one of those, um, it's like a vehicle with the mascot in here. I don't know if you could see it.
0: No, no way. He's got the mascot on there?
1: The mascot, his name is Dinger. Dinger from the Sacramento River Cats. And this is kind of. He
0: doesn't look like a cat, but now that you say he's the mascot, he kind of does, does resemble. They've got an awesome team up there. I used to live there.
1: Yes, that's right. You've been to the game. You know what I'm talking about. And I got to tell you, this particular Lego project, I don't think we were really prepared to do it in the hour before this show because it was really difficult. Uh, we, when we got to like step 14, we recognized that we messed up in step one. So we had to, re- we had to backtrack. And it was kind of fun. It was frustrating and tested our patience, but you know what? We got it done literally a minute before the show. So here we are.
0: That's cool. So you did the Ikea version of Legos where you put the furniture together wrong and then you take it apart and you try again and then you have like 20 of those little widget type things that are laying around the house, the, the, uh, the S-shaped, um, you know, screwdrivers or whatever. So. Those are
1: the Ikea tools, but it's extra pieces. There's, there's yeah, it
0: is a really lot extra pieces. So, well, we have a we have a guest with us today. Do you want to you want to go ahead and introduce yes. our special guest? From I New
1: am Group thrilled. I am thrilled that our guest today uh, is someone that I just got to see a couple weeks ago at the HDI conference. And I, we were talking before the show that Liz and I ran into each other, but probably like a dozen times throughout the week. Um, so, we maybe we could talk a little bit about that. But yes, today we have a treat. We have Mrs. Liz Bunger. Liz, how are you doing today? Great, thanks. How are you guys? Pretty good. <clears throat> it's been an incredible day, and we got a Lego project underway, so <laughs> it can only really get better.
0: Impressive. <laughs> <laughs> so, impressive. Awesome. You're joining us from New York, is that correct?
2: I am. I am not in New York City. Say New York, and everybody assumes I live in the city. I'm not that close to the city at all. I'm in western New York in the Finger Lakes area.
0: So that's kind of by Niagara Falls, right?
2: I am a lot closer to Niagara Falls than I am to New York City. We're only about an hour and a half from you. New- from so uh, I, I have
0: visited there. You and I, you and I have, uh, you and I have spoken together there at, at some professional conferences and things.
1: Yeah. So today we wanted to bring Liz on the show for a couple of reasons, but the most Im- the most impressive reason that we just kind of discovered by accident is her connection with Simon Sinek. And start with why. Simon, of course, is one of our mentors, one of my close mentors. And uh, can you tell the story about uh, how, you tr- how you discovered that and how you applied that today?
2: Sure. It was, um, you know, I, I actually, I'm not sure how I, I can even tell you how I discovered it. If it was, the first video I watched um, was the one where he talked about starting with why and understanding the why before you get to everything else. Um, it's been many years since I have seen it. And it has stuck with me. In fact, it's probably been a couple of years since I even have watched that video at all. And this morning I was working on a presentation and I got to the point where I realized what I really needed to get across to them is they need to figure out why this is important and why um, they should be doing what I'm suggesting they were doing. And as I started to think about, you know, what's their why and all of that, the, that Video on TED Talk came right back to me, so I went out and, and watched it again, so that I could refresh my memory on all of you know the why wisdom he has in there mm-hmm. about starting with why and then if you have the why then you can get the how and the what rather than starting backwards which is what most people and most companies do they start with the what and the how and then nobody cares about the why
1: kind of like how we invited you to this show we just said the what hey can you join us on the show. And then I think over, after you said yes, we kind of figured out why. What What's your reason? Why do you think you said yes?
2: I said yes because you asked. <laughs> I think, I really, I did. It, you know, it, I didn't have a reason to say no. Um, I was channeling what I heard from you last year mm-hmm. at the summit conference that we were at when you were saying, and I think it was one of the last things that you said on the final day of our meeting together, and you were saying, you know, when people ask you to do something, just say yes. I think that I have done that more consciously over the last year than I did before. But unless I really have a reason to say no, then I'll say yes. Sure. I'd be happy to. And I was, of course, honored that you even asked.
1: Thank you. I love that. And Brandon touched on it. uh, In a much earlier show, we were talking about You know, would you walk up to someone and and give them 1% of your annual income? Would you give them, you know, if you make $100,000 a year, what is that? $1,000 is 1%. So would you say, hey, here, can can you give me $1,000? You'd say, no, what the heck are you talking about? But we also ask for people's time. And it's fascinating to see 1% of people's time if you slice and dice it per year that we do say yes to. And the reason why we say yes is maybe we can learn something and maybe we could help them in some way. It's part of the mission of this Mm -hmm. show. So thank you for that. Thank you for being on our show. You're also, one of the reasons why we brought you on, you're also interested in the world of KCS and knowledge centered support, knowledge centered service. Is that right? It is.
2: I've, I've become very passionate about that over the last few years.
1: BC, you got something?
0: Oh, you're saying knowledge centered support. It's, it's so huge. Actually, I was at an industry meeting today, and that was the only topic for ninety minutes. With people talking about the return on it, I was hoping that Liz, mm-hmm. you've given presentations on this, um, you and your team have won awards in this. Can you talk to us a little bit about knowledge center support and, and how it applies um, specifically in, in your thinking?
2: Sure. There's a lot of different ways to do knowledge management and capture knowledge, and there's a lot of differentiations between um, you know, clarification, I should say, on what is knowledge. So there's training, there's documentation. Documentation is, you know, full books of stuff that nobody has time to read. And then knowledge. And knowledge is really, it's quick question and answer, whether it's question and answer or here's the problem, this is how you fix it. It's snippet. It's easily consumable and you can get the information when you need it and have the answer when you need it. The big difference with KCS, with knowledge center service, is that it's bottom-up knowledge. So it's, um, it's knowledge that is created by people who have the answers to the questions. What a lot of companies will do is they'll have this great knowledge engineering approach, and they create a team of people who they sit around and they think up. these are the things that we think people are going to ask, and they what they're gonna to need to see, and then they put it in the knowledge base. And then let's say Jason comes up and he says, hey, I found this other question and answer, I think it'd be great to have in the knowledge base. And many times it takes them two months to get it out there, and now Jason doesn't even care anymore. He forgot that he even asked about it and nobody's asking that question anymore. So KCS is a methodology that was created by the Consortium for Service Innovation and they do it the other way. It's bottom-up, and we create knowledge as it's needed. Um, it's just-in-time quality, so it's just what we need right now, and then you make it easily accessible and consumable for others.
1: And that's also- And more it's than, a very
2: short version of it.
1: Yes, that's a great overview, and it's also more engaging for the teams. You know, The one way to do it, the old way, is where a manager would give their team, uh, everyone on their team, A goal or an objective for the year to say you need to add five knowledge articles per month. Uh What does that even mean, right? Some people are just doing it because they have to do it and then they're they're not in need. So the KCS method is actually improving engagement without even trying. Is that right? Absolutely. Because
2: people will buy into more what they can participate in. So if you're going to let me get in there and actually contribute and you're saying to me that Whether you've been here for a month or you've been here for five years, your knowledge is just as valuable to the organization. We want you to share what you know um, with everybody so that everybody can can gain from
1: that. So, Brandon, you have a picture that you drew here. What's that?
0: Yeah, this is my artwork here. So this is a a tower with thousands of people working in it. I I don't know which is more difficult, the – ideas that come up from up here on mahogany row at the top or down here in sub-basement three, you know, so the, if you've ever seen the IT crowd, you know, down there. So we've got to figure out things that are better. So I, I'm interested in, in how, um, in KCS, kind have a specific KCS type question, Liz, if I could ask now, is that okay? Sure. So I think one of the challenges with knowledge center support and with knowledge in general is, is, uh, not just getting people to use it at the front lines or authoring it, but getting people at a second and third level, a higher tier, people who may have been working with that system, with the application for, say, 20 years, and they they know everything about it, and getting them to actually use knowledge each time. Uh, do you have any take on how to apply knowledge center support to some of our seasoned teams? I
2: think for anybody, you need to find the what's in it for them. What I find with those more seasoned teams is they are frustrated because people keep asking them the same question over and over again. So you have someone who's been doing it for 20 years, and they're the expert, and then they're complaining because they can't get things done because there's a line at their desk, which I always say to them, if you want people to stop asking you questions, put it in the knowledge base. That's how you get those things to stop. You need to share your knowledge in a way that they can get to it easily and they don't have to come to you unless there's clarification needed. And if there is, then you capture that and you update the knowledge and you don't have to make that clarification next time.
0: That's excellent. I like that. Can I, can I just follow up real quick, Jason? Yep. Is what about issues that have to go to that team because because of security or parameters or time, whatever it is, so it's ones that always will go to that third level, and they'll happen. Maybe not over and over again, but they will happen. Mm-hmm. So, have you have you encountered that challenge before?
2: Even those newer teams still have, or the more senior teams, they still have new people who are going to join their team at some point. Um, I don't know of any team that is stayed intact from beginning to end, and you know nobody. Unless it was a short-term team anyway, um, and nobody came in new. So the Having that knowledge out there, even if it's just gonna be for your team, it can be there for the newer people that are coming in. The other thing that I find is with some of those teams is they have experts on the team in specific areas. So if you're, let's talk pretend it's a security team and there's someone who's an expert in one area and somebody's an expert in another and let's say someone wants to take a vacation. Nobody wants to get called from work on vacation and if you don't have that information in there, then there's a good chance. Somebody's gonna call you on vacation because you didn't share that information before you went.
1: Yep, Liz, and I was gonna ask a follow-up question that remember years ago, that's actually how people increased their perceived value. You know, the person that had mm-hmm. the most knowledge is worth the most money. And my comment mm-hmm. was how, how have you been able to deal with that driving force? How do you, how do you become successful when that's part of the culture shift that we're seeing right now.
2: And that's a big piece of it, and it can be very scary for those people. Um, One of the things that we found is, when we first rolled out, is we had some of those people that really thought we were trying to take away their knowledge so that they became less valuable. What you really need to do, though, is just change where the value is in the organization. So you go from valuing the people who have the most knowledge devaluing the people who share the most knowledge so your value changes because you're sharing it in a way that's easier for people to get to so that yes they were sharing it before but people had to go to their desk or they had to call them and they had to be in the office for that to happen and now you become more valuable because you've put the information out there we can see who put that information out there also and you celebrate those so let's say you know Brandon put an article out there in the knowledge base that was used a hundred times last month. And it's because Brandon's such a great senior person on the team. He has that. Now we say, Hey, look at what Brandon did and how much he saved all of us because we didn't have to go ask him every single time. So it's really the the organization needs to change what they value.
1: Mm-hmm. And everyone wins when you are on that right side of the shift. I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Brandon, what else do we have on our list? I love what we have here for the knowledge conversation. That's really valuable, Liz, so thank you.
2: I did too. So. It is one of my favorite topics.
1: <laughs> it's a good topic to talk about with you. So Liz, one of the cool things about when you were in D.C., you got to present at this industry conference about this topic that you're knowledgeable and you're passionate about. What was that like for you?
2: It it was quite an experience. And uh, you know, it's kind of funny how I even got myself into that boat and it goes back to the whole idea of saying yes, because you told me to, Jason. Um, we won, an, our, The company I work for won an award for KCS a few years ago. And people kept saying to me, you really should present your story. You need to be sharing your story with others so they can learn from it. I finally said, okay, I'm going to submit to present. It was going to be myself and my manager. We had done a similar story once before at a vendor conference, much smaller conference. So, this we, it was great. We did well together, there to feed off each other. So, I said, okay, well, I'll submit for the two of us to present. I submitted and we were accepted. And she said to me, we've decided we're going to send somebody else with you so they can get the experience of conference. And um, I, I didn't cry in her office, but I thought about it. So I thought, I don't know if I would have submitted to present if it, if it was going to be just me. And now I was in a position where I had to, where it's really. Was great. Um, which now makes me think of another thing that I have heard you say numerous times as I listen to your podcast is remember to be brave. So that's, I was in that position. I had to be because I, I could not legitimately say now I can't do it. Um, so I worked very hard in the presentation to make it what I wanted it to be. I learned a lot in prepping for the presentation, um, from another dear friend of yours, Manly Feinberg. He did, a, a presentation prep recording I wasn't able to make the live one so I listened to the recording talking about how to present at a conference or something like that and what you need to do um, kind of some format but really how the whole idea of what do you want people to know how do you want them to feel and what do you want them to do and it absolutely made my presentation just bringing those things in
1: yeah I agree and that's I saw the same session you're talking about and that really moved me and I think it every single person that has a story to share or in other words every single person can really benefit from that conversation of what do you want people Mm -hmm. to know do or and feel you have to consider all three that's incredible and how did, how did the audience take it away? I mean, what is, what are some of the things that, what are some of the answers to those questions that you came up with as you were preparing for your presentation?
2: The answers to what I want them to know, feel and do. Yes. Yeah. So um, the, in terms of what I wanted them to know, I wanted them to know a few things. I wanted them to know really that it's possible that success stories are out there. the, the, my presentation was how KCS saves the day in four million dollars. We got to the point where we're saving four million dollars a year. So I want people to know that there's serious ROI on this. This is you can get a real return on your investment when you implement it. So that was one of the big things that I wanted them to know. I wanted them to feel inspired, and I wanted them to feel like, um, I guess, hopeful that for there's so many organizations that have too much to do. I don't know of organizations that don't have too much to do. So I wanted them to feel like there's hope and there's something that could help them. And then in terms of do, I wanted them to minimally start talking about it. If you're not talking about it, then you need to start talking about it. And the last slide that I had comes right from the consortium site and it's um KCS is a journey, not a destination. So I left them with, you know, you have minimally started right now because at least you showed up. You're having those conversations. You're listening to people who are doing it. Um, Now go back and start thinking about how you can make this work in your organization.
1: And that's some great advice as a one easy step. Just let's start talking about it. If we're not yet, let's recognize that we're not and let's start doing it. That's, That's good advice too.
0: Liz, you're gonna be the first person on our show to end our show because we always end with something off-topic. could be a movie we saw, a book we read, a pebble we tripped over that made us have some epiphany about the metaphysical plane. Um, so you're gonna be the first person to ever on our show end our show with one more thing, and then we say goodnight, but or goodbye. Are you up for it? Uh, are you
2: gonna tell me the topic? <laughs>
0: No, I'm going to spring it on you. Of
2: course. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes, I'm up for that, Brandon. Of course I am.
0: (laughs) It will not not be be a surprise. You're going to laugh, I think, and then you're going to tell us about it, okay? Okay. Yes. (laughs)
1: So, hey, Brandon, do we have time for one more thing?
0: We do. And actually, I wanted to bring up something. Um, Liz, when I was in the Rochester area at the conference and and at the technical association meeting that was there... Um, you and a couple of the of the local officers there volunteers took me out and we had dinner and I'm trying to remember what the name of that that meal was that you guys got me.
2: <laughs> it was a garbage plate.
0: Say, say we, that again. We
2: had a garbage plate. Yes. That's Rochester New York, New York is known for our garbage plates, enough so that the the restaurant that came up with it has trademarked it. So what you had was actually a knockoff garbage plate a knockoff. because every place around a knockoff garbage plate, kind of like buying a knockoff post bag. Mm-hmm. Um, every place around here has their own version and they have to call it something slightly different. So a trash plate, uh, you know, something that doesn't say garbage plate. But yes, we are known for our garbage plates and it is two sides. typically the traditional is macaroni salad and home fries and then you get meat it's usually either two cheeseburgers or two hot dogs Some of, you can get a little fancy and mix it up and do one and one if you want and then they put mustard onions and meat hot sauce on top of it and it's all served in one big styrofoam container there's not, if you're the type of person that doesn't like your food to touch. This is not the meal for you to eat. It's this it just can't be done. It's uh yeah it's it's something everybody should come to Rochester for. I usually awesome. recommend them. Yeah, they're best at about two o'clock in the morning when you're on your way home.
0: <laughs> here, here. It was it was very awesome. Um, I don't think I was able to finish all of it. I, I, man versus food. Brandon lost, but it was it was. <laughs> It was something I could recommend if you're in the Rochester, New York area, try a garbage plate or the knockoff garbage plate, which is what I had.
1: You can call it the Oscar, whatever you want to call it.
0: Oh, yes, Sesame Street.
1: Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, that, that checks a lot of boxes for me. I've never been to Rochester yet, but I when I travel, I always love to experience something that's local that you don't necessarily get somewhere else. So that sounds like that checks, checks all the boxes, right, Brandon?
0: I've never had anything that even comes close to it. It belonged on Food TV.
1: Oh, man.
0: Awesome. Well, this was great, Uh, Jason and Liz. Thank you so much for coming on our show with us today and sharing your time with us and sharing with our listeners uh, several key things which I think could be used for personal life, for work, for relationships. There's, There's a lot there that I think would help when you really dig into it. And maybe we'll have you, uh, if we can convince you, maybe come back in the future and give us an update on things.
2: Of course, I'll say yes. I appreciate that you, that you asked.
1: Thank wow. you, Liz. And I have to say, now my face hurts from smiling pretty much the entire episode. I don't think I've smiled. <laughs> so I really needed that. So thank you for today. Awesome. Thank you. Well, thanks, awesome.
0: everybody. Have a good after- rest of your day, evening, night, week, weekend, holiday, et cetera.
1: Enjoy. Thank you again, man. Thank you, Liz. Good night.
0: Bye. Thank you.